It's episode 1034, and it's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Mine. What up, what up, what up? Derek has a new album coming out, and if you didn't hear his announcement at the very end of the last podcast, go listen to it, because he wants you to be part of something. So go listen yeah. to it. Very special. Yeah. Very, Very special. Cool. Very cool. How's y'all's... How, we're at the end of January. This podcast yep. is coming out uh, third week in January. How y'all doing? How, how's the new year treating you? Is is life good? It's great. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. I'm still on track with all my stuff. Are you? Doing good. Yeah, whole 30, dry doing January. Good? Doing it. Wow. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesse, guys, I had an experience in a hotel room. I had to log into my Netflix. And I thought about you. And I was like... what? Tell, tell this me is what such happened. a pain. Well, first of all, I had to text my husband. I don't know the password. What's the password? And then yeah. the remote. The, can they oh, not gosh. connect this to my computer? The remote, like going through a forty-eight a, minutes R. later. You yes, forty-eight yeah. minutes it, later. I sat down to watch the show. I, guys, th- something has to be done. Something <laughs> has to be done. Do you know how much time? I have spent in the last three weeks logging in. I ordered I ordered a couple people that I work with s- some Uber Starbucks, okay? If I would have known it was going to take most of my afternoon to load up a new credit card on there and to go through all the logins and all the credentials to order three freaking chais, okay? I, I would have just gone without. I could have gone and planted a tea tree. Wait, what are you talking about? So people gave you a gift card? No, he was ordering no, gifts. I, I, I would... I was you, walking around like, "Hey, who wants who wants a coffee? I'm going to order uh-huh. it up. We'll Uber it in, uh-huh, right?" Uh-huh. But I wanted to put in a new credit card, uh-huh. and I got to log into this, and I got to do that. Same thing. I wanted to watch a basketball the other game. I, I had some buddies that were hanging out, and we wanted to watch a basketball game that was not on regular channels. So I'm trying to log into the ESPN app. We're all going to Fubo. We're all going to mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. It, it has gone too far, and it's the <laughs> same experience, Jamie. There's no dev- Elon Musk. I know you're a complicated figure. Fix it. Fix it, Elon. Help us. (laughs) Figure something out because it's getting preposterous. The amount of time I waste almost daily trying to log in to one of the thousand things that we run our lives on. Do you guys, is this a problem for anyone else? This is why when Elon comes to us and he's like, guys, I have a solution. Everyone scan your eyeballs and everywhere you go, it's going to log you into everything. And we're going to say, yes, scan my eyeballs, Elon, because then I don't have to type anything. I, I'm a hundred percent Apple ecosystem. Every browser, everything I use. The only thing, like your hotel situation, I would have been stuck. But I don't have to remember any passwords. It's just either my fingerprint or my eyes. It's I. It's fine well, with here's me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just updated my Apple computer, and I'm mm-hmm. in the same boat as you, mm-hmm. Jesse. Like literally, I updated a computer, and I did the copy. But you got to log into. Log into everything, and Jesse, I feel your pain. The I, only thing that was painless was Disney Plus because they give you a QR code, and TikTok does that. They give you a QR yeah. code that you can scan, and then it'll do that. Everyone should do that. But even then, there's these two-factor authentications where it's like, now log into this app and type the six numbers. You mm. see, I used to wonder how so many, how when the book of Revelation says so many believers will be duped into taking the mark of the beast. It's not because they're rebelling against God. It's not because the Antichrist is so charismatic. 
matter. It's because they're sick and freaking tired of having to log into everything. Give me the chip. Yeah. Give me the chip. And it'll lock me into everything. Give it to me. Make my life easier. And they're like, listen, I know that this will cost the eternal resting place of my soul forever. (laughs) I know it. I know the lake of fire awaits. But if I have to log in to freaking Netflix one more time with a remote that doesn't have letters on it, I'm going to lose my mind. So, you know, Again, I think that's why I think uh, I think what's going to usher in the second coming isn't yeah. isn't, you know, a falling away. <laughs> it's too many logins and two factor authentications. That's what's going to usher in the end of days. All right. Well, uh, we can ask we can ask today's guest about the theology of that. Uh, John Bevere is joining us later. Make sure to stick around for that conversation. He has a new book coming out. And uh, we also have at the end, we're doing round two, part two of two truths and a lie. Don't miss that. But stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Slices. In Anais, the song is Love, Love, Love. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I actually have a a good news story, considering I uh, was borderline blasphemous with the joke about... uh, What will, what will borderline? Usher in, borderline? What will usher in the second coming of Christ? Um, no, this is a really good story, um, and and it's about a a ministry called Doing Unto Others Mobile Mission, which just received um, a grant from um, a uh, a company called Brotherhood Mutual Insurance, like an insurance company that specializes in insurance policies at, at churches. They were get, they wanted to give out a grant for people doing cool stuff. Now, uh, this ministry was started by a young guy named uh, Samuel Lefebvre, and uh, essentially, uh, the idea was that he was going to convince his local church to purchase some decommissioned ambulances and, and box trucks and things like that, and find volunteers in the community who have a background in like dental hair. Uh, uh, um, dental hair? Uh, like, that are dentists. That are um, working. What is that dental are, hair? Like a wig made of floss? <laughs> it's it's an innovative ministry. It okay. is extremely <laughs> it's controversial. Um, <laughs> dent- <laughs> no, but uh, they do haircuts. They do. Uh, they have dentists. They do mobile uh, vision care. They have mobile doctors, and basically. Um, uh, they have one that's uh, focused on wellness, one that is basically like a mobile food pantry. And uh, they awarded this ministry a grant for a few million dollars to try to replicate it in other churches. But essentially what it does is it goes into parts of the community that where people 
either, uh, you know, why, why it started initially is because uh, post-COVID, a lot of hospitals became overwhelmed. They couldn't keep up. And, and a, a lot of hospitals in kind of uh, rural areas started shutting down. So residents didn't have a convenient way to get medical care. So these mobile kind of units could drive out and help people. And the case that this guy is making is that for a relatively small investment, most local churches could be able to support at least one of these decommissioned trucks or ambulances, and then just find volunteers. But it's a way to actually bring care to people without forcing them to have to come to a church. or come. Not that those are bad things, but it's meeting people where they are. I think it's a really great idea. And like I said, it's relatively cheap for a church to pull their money find one of these, partner with this ministry and get people uh, you know, to travel to different areas and different communities that need free healthcare. They said, you know, it's been relatively easy to find volunteers who are willing to kind of uh, um, help people. But these are the kind of stories I just think, you know, we kind of, it's always encouraging to hear mm-hmm. with, with churches just thinking outside the box doing something a little different and really meeting needs in the community. And even, and there's putting a lot of thought into it, even like places where they're giving like free haircuts to people and things like that. They're making sure there aren't like a neighborhood salon or barber shop. So they're not competing with local businesses, but being really strategic on the way and the needs and the needs they're meeting in the way they're helping people. So good for them. If you, if you want to check out more, you can look up doing unto others, mobile missions, and they're trying to get it to churches around the country. I just thought it was a really cool idea. And I always love when entrepreneurism and the church kind of collide in a productive way. Mm -hmm. That's great. All right. What do you have, Demi? Okay. So um, have any of you guys seen the movie, The Menu? I've heard good things. I want to watch it. It's now available on HBO Max, so I will watch it. It is on HBO, so you can watch it. I'm going to tell you my experience with the menu real quick is that my husband and I were out of town. We're like, hey, let's go to a movie. We we don't ever get to go to a movie during the day. We did not know what any of the movies were. We saw the menu. Oh, this sounds fun about a couple who goes to a fine dining restaurant. We knew zero walking into this movie, okay? I hated it. In the whole time in the movie, I was like, what are we watching? This is the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't understand this. I, I, I hated it. I now have read about it and read what where they were coming from, what they were trying to portray, and I would like to see it again through fresh eyes. But I literally left huh. the movie saying, that's the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So wow. I didn't get it when I was in there. You guys know the premise, right? Like about this couple that goes to a fine dining restaurant and it's supposed to like show like how people are not appreciative of the creative arts of like fine dining. Am I right about the that's what you've heard, right, Jesse? Yeah, high level. Yes, yeah, high level. Yeah. Yes. So anyhow, I'd like to see it through fresh eyes. But um, I read an article recently, and they said that okay, a, a day after the menu was released on HBO Max, which you can go find it, Noma, which is a fine dining establishment, I think it's in Copenhagen, uh, the best. considered to be the world's best restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how you get that name, but congrats to them. They this announced that it would be closing their doors, and so some people are saying. What is this a coincidence? Is this not a coincidence um, about why are they doing this? And the chef there said, basically, we have to completely rethink the industry. This is simply too hard. Uh, the decision comes as Noma, this restaurant, and many other elite restaurants are facing scrutiny of their treatment of the workers. Many of them paid poorly or not at all who produce and serve these ex- exquisite dishes. Um, and so the style of fine dining that they help create and promote around the globe, which is wildly innovative, labor intensive, vastly expensive, it may be going through the sustainability crisis. And so there's just an article saying, is there anything to this? Like a day after the movie comes out, 
They express they're closing the doors. And the question is, can fine dining like this, can it exist in 2023, the culture that we're living in? That's the interesting thing for me. We don't really cover fine dining, but when it came up to, because this isn't the first one. Uh, earlier this year or last year, uh, one of the, a three-star Michelin chef uh, announced he's shutting down his amazing restaurant and he's just going to open a simple chicken restaurant. And he said, like, the amount of work, labor, the, the how much toll this takes on our lives, on the staff's lives, it's unsustainable. And that's what the Noma founder said, too. Literally the best restaurant in the world. He's like, I can't live like this anymore. And I think wow. that's what the menu is parroting is like, like how intense, you know, the so artistry intense. and, you know, yeah. over the bearing. And that, it really is that people are like, it's cruel. It's a cruel environment. And then, you know, they charge for it. But I mean, it's like unsustainable from a work-life balance standpoint. And these artists are saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. And so we're going to lose those that type of dining experience. And it's in the menu, base, also it was like, these people don't even care about what I just spent. Like this little dish that I gave mm-hmm. you that you're eating in three seconds, it took me seven weeks to get up to this and you just devour mm-hmm. it and don't even care. So that's another thing yeah. too with, they're artists, they're creative. That's how I feel when someone like Derek smirches. <laughs> The Doritos Los Locos taco. You don't have no idea how long they, they labored away to make sure that taco shell doesn't get soggy like a Dorito would. The, the amount of food science. Food science. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's probably labs with like dozens of very smart people that just work on Taco Bell food. That's real I don't, talk. I don't like you right now. <laughs> I thought you were frozen. I thought no, literally I, your face. No, he was uh, like, I can't even take it in. I don't like you. I don't uh, all right. Derek, look, man. <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell one I'll tell you one place that didn't shut in their doors. It's called Taco Bell because people love it. <laughs> you know what it. though? Think about this and uh, not just in fine dining, but like think about like other industries where like achieving greatness or something that like truly is remarkable requires such sacrifice that it's not sustainable, you know, like, I mean, I wonder if like, what if this happened across every industry or every type of art where it's like, no, that's too hard. I don't want to do that anymore. Now I'm not saying that there shouldn't be major reform in the fine dining industry. If these stories are true, like that's horrible, but, but like at the core level of work-life balance, it's like, what, what about the entrepreneurs that work 20 hours to pull off this groundbreaking thing? What if he decided not to? I don't know. Was, we live in a different world, you know? Listen, I can tell you from music is, look, you could spend 30, you could spend a whole year making uh, the best song ever and somebody could go on Fruity Loops, download a beat for $50 and make a song and dance to it and it's going to beat that best song yeah. every time. 10 times out of 10, it's going gonna, it's gonna to beat it. I mean, it's already happened in, I mean, Cameron and magazine journalism. I mean, watch like even, even watch one of those old movies and obviously they're movies, but they're, they're playing off like a trend, Mm -hmm. like that, that Mr. Rogers movie where the assignment is to write a seven, five to 700 word little Mm -hmm. anecdote about Fred Rogers. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're going to take three, three trips to Pittsburgh and and profile or how to lose a guy in 10 days. Here's a month long assignment where you're going to, you know, Go date article. some guy for for a listicle. You know what I mean? Like great movie. We've already seen, yeah, but but we've already seen it kind of you know in 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 the magazine industry that yeah. the editorial budgets used to be huge, but but now it's just like well, it's just not sustainable to travel all That's over true. the world for mm-hmm. a twelve hundred word story that you know you, you can't go to London, Paris, and you know mm-hmm. Dubai to do this little write up on you know hotel you know hotel suites or whatever. It it I think it's 
we've already seen it in different industries, but mm. it is interesting. It's happening in the fine dining world. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Okay. What do you have, Derek? All right. So some people robbed a house. Okay. And then after they robbed the house, they called the police to ask them to help them move the stuff that they robbed. <laughs> no, that can't be true. What? No, it's absolutely, what? it's absolutely true. Like, so I'm reading, this is on a Associated Press, right? This is Florida. F- Florida, Cameron. Yes, I, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so, get DeSantis right. on that. So, right. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, the, the police get a call, a 911 call, but nobody's speaking. Nobody says anything. Nobody's speaking. So, they respond. You know, usually they will when that respond. happens- they will respond because they, you know, they think maybe it's an emergency, hostage situation, whatever. So they get there and they realize that nobody's there except this man and this woman. And they're things that they're stealing. So they obviously take that man and woman uh, into custody. And this is what the lady says to the sheriff. I'm going to read it verbatim from Associated Press. She says, while talking to the deputies, the female suspect told them that she called 911 for the purpose of having law enforcement help them move their belongings from the house they were burglarizing. They also wanted to get a ride to the airport so they could spend the weekend in New York. Drugs have to be involved. Uh, like, to, it's like the, there's no way that have these to. people were not have to. high. You're not in your right they mind. Was not, they was high as a turtleneck on a giraffe. Like, it, <laughs> high. Like, up there. You know what I'm saying? But there's no way. But they they didn't, obviously didn't go to New York. They went to jail, so. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Pro tip, if you're robbing somebody, don't call the cops to help you carry it out. Yeah. Good Lord. Welcome yes. to Florida. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, John Bevere joins us. Listening to Mont Duomel. The song is Days with You. Hey, if you like this podcast, but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad free. You get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives, our beautifully designed digital issue, and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is John Bevere. He's a speaker and author who's about to release his newest book, Awe of God, The Astounding Way a Healthy Fear of God Transforms Your Life. He sat down with our very own downtown, Emily Brown, to talk about why a healthy fear of God is vital to our faith and how we can ensure we're not operating out of an unhealthy fear. Here's our conversation with John Bevere. Your new book, Awe of God. And I guess a good place to start would be where did the inspiration for this book come from? Oh, Emily, this has been like a 30 year journey. So it's almost like a life message. 
But I remember back in 1994, you know, Lisa and I had been in ministry for 40 years now. But 1994, I went to a church conference and God started dealing with me about the holy fear of God, the healthy fear of God, I should say, right? So I got up at this conference and I had never preached on it before. And I really didn't want to, but I felt like the Lord said, do it. So I, I started preaching on it and it went good. I thought the next night the pastor got up before he introduced me on the second night I was speaking and corrected everything I said and said, John preached air in the New Te as New Testament Christians, we don't need to fear God, that's Old Testament. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Perfected love casts out fear. And I'm just sitting there in the front going, oh my goodness. And then to my shock, he introduced me. And I had to preach that night after having been corrected for 15 minutes. And I remember the next morning I went out and I said, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for putting people in bondage. Forgive me for hurting your church. And I didn't feel the discipline of the Lord. I felt the pleasure of God. And I found myself, Emily, crying out to know the fear of God. Well, fast forward a couple of years and I go to Brazil. It was the first time I'd ever spoken in Brazil. It was a national conference. It was an arena. I mean, thousands of Brazilians in the arena. And I remember during the worship, they were all kind of looking around, had their arms crossed, looking down. They were whispering to one another. They were going in and out of the arena, get to the concession stands, getting concessions. Then the worship was over and one of the leaders got up for this national conference and started reading from the scripture. And now because there's no music, I can hear a little mutter of people talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and there's no presence of God. And this is a believers conference, a national believers conference. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, you must deal with this son. And so I remember walking up to the podium and this is the first time I ever spoke in Brazil since I've spoken many, 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 many times. But <clears throat> I remember just staring at the people because I thought there's, I can't get their attention. And I just stared at the people and waited. And after about 60 seconds of awkward silence on a Friday night, conference, national conference, everybody stopped talking, everybody stopped moving, moving around, and they all looked at me. And I said, I have a question. If you're sitting across the table and talking to somebody, and the whole time they get their arms crossed looking around, they're looking down, they're whispering to somebody sitting next to them. I said, will you continue to speak to them? And they said, no. I said, what if every time you go to your neighbor's house, you knock on the door, and when he opens the door, he goes, oh, it's you again, and leaves the door open and walks into his house. Will you continue to go? They said, no. I said, I have been in this arena for an hour and I have not sensed an ounce of the presence of God. And the reason is, is because God will never man himself, manifest himself in a place where he is not held with the utmost of respect and honor. I said, if your president would have walked on this platform tonight, you would have given him 10 times the respect you gave the spirit of God. If your favorite soccer player would have walked on this platform tonight, you would have been on the edge of your seats anticipating every word. And so for the next 75 minutes, I preached on the fear of the Lord. At the end, I said, all right, everyone in here, you say you're a believer, you believe in Jesus Christ, but you lack the fear of God and you're willing to repent, stand up. 75% of the arena stands. As soon as they do, the presence of God comes in. People start weeping everywhere. The next day, the presence of God was so strong in that arena for the morning session, the Saturday morning session. And so I've learned that the way to get into the presence of God is through holy fear. Now, let me say this, because it's so important, Emily, that everybody understands this. There is a huge difference 
between the fear of the Lord and being afraid of God. We can't have intimacy with somebody we're scared of. And when Moses brought Israel out of Egypt and brought him to the mountain, God came down on that mountain and the people ran away. And Moses makes a statement in Exodus 20, 20. He said, do not fear because God's come to test you to see if his fears in you so that you may not sin. Now, is he talking out of both sides of his mouth? Do not fear. God's come to test you to see if his fears in you. He is differentiating between being scared of God and the fear of the Lord. There's a difference. The person who is scared of God has something to hide. What does Adam do as soon as he sins in the garden? He hides from the presence of the Lord. But the person who fears God has nothing to hide. That person is terrified of being away from God. So the first definition of the fear of the Lord is to be afraid of being away from God. It actually, according to scripture in Proverbs 1-7, is the starting place of knowing God intimately. It's almost like there is a place for fear in our faith, which sounds funny to say, but it's true. Like we have to have that holy fear like you're talking about. Well, you know, Emily, think about it like this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? All right, let's let's look at natural fear. We're, we, you know, back in the 90s, when, when I was back in the, man, we had t-shirts that said no fear. We were trying to eradicate all fear, but was that really the right thing to do? Because if you look at the fear of messing with a grizzly bear's cubs will keep you away from those cubs. That's wisdom. It'll give you the wisdom to stay away from those cubs. The, the, the fear of falling to your death will actually keep you from getting too close to a 2,000 foot drop. Is that an unhealthy fear? No, it's actually a healthy fear. If you didn't have that fear, you'd go, oh, I'm just going to look a little closer. Oh, I'm going to actually step out and see what it's like to be out here over the cliff. No, you're going to fall 2,000 or 2,000 feet to your death. So there's unhealthy fear and there's healthy fear. So the real question for all of us isn't, isn't what are the healthy fears and what are the unhealthy fears? It's let's go to the supreme fear that overrides everything and also brings healthy fears into right perspective and keeps them from being perfect, perverted. Because that fear of falling off the cliff could get perverted to where I'm so afraid of heights that I will get on an airplane. And now I can't travel and see the world. So you see the fear of the Lord eradicates all other fears or keeps the healthy fears in check. And this is what people need in what we're coming into in these days ahead. That was John Bevere. I have known him since I was like eight years old. <laughs> uh, amazing speaker and writer. Uh, go check out Awe of God. You can pre-order it now. It comes out really soon. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's part two of Two Truths and a Lie.
You're listening to Phone Boy. The song is Not A Go. Okay, it's time for the part two of Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, last week uh, on, the, on the Tuesday show, we got playing this game and we ran out of time. So we we're going to bring you a couple more rounds. The way it works is each cast member will say Two Truths and a Lie and whoever gets it right gets a point. So we'll do round one. You guys ready? Ready. I'm ready. Born ready. All right, Jesse, I'm not I'm starting ready. with you because you botched it last time when I started with you because you I'm did ready. two lies and a truth. It's a very complicated game. Yeah. So, Jamie, we're going to start with you. Give us your two truths and a lie. All right, two truths. Uh, start with number one. Uh, I went to three colleges before graduating. Number two, I graduated with honors. Number three, I majored in kinesiology in college. What is that? Study of movement. Study of right? movement. Not colors. Interesting. So we're looking for the lie. Looking for the mm-hmm. lie. What's the lie? I'm going to go. I, is it like dance I'm, or like walking? No, like, like, like you would bi- go on like to biology. physical therapy school. Yeah. You would go on to physical uh, therapy. You'd be it. a coach. Yeah, that seems gotcha. too obscure to be the lie. You're very smart, so so I I do assume you graduated with honors. So I'm going to go to the three schools. That's that's my logic. Final answer. Derek, what's yours? I'm going kinesiology. All right, Jamie. Okay, um, I started at Dallas Baptist University, went to University of Houston, graduated from Houston Baptist University. There's my three schools. I did oh, major Baptist. in kinesiology. Jesse, you're very kind, but I am not an <sighs> honor student ever in my life. So there you go. I did so not graduate with wrong. honors. You both got it wrong. That's she put us wow. in a pickle there. Yeah, like, yeah, I know yeah, I did. No. I was like, do we say you're dumb or do we say you wanted to be a coach? Yep. <laughs> like, no there way. is no way you graduated with honors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Derek, what's yours? All right. I've never seen The Passion of the Christ. I, I almost got kicked out of Disney for insulting Mickey Mouse. And I just bought a new car, my first new car, five weeks ago. Well, I know you got the Tesla. And... When it comes to animated, uh, um, you know, um, characters that are anthropomorphic mice in particular, you, know, you get very hostile. Uh, so I'm going to have to go. And I think you said you never saw the passion uh, last episode. So I'll go with that one. Jamie. Okay, I'm a little confused because I thought when I asked you in the last episode, if you've never seen The Passion, you said, no, I've never seen Schindler's List. And so I'm right. a little confused here. So that is, I think I, that is what he said. Just FYI. That is what we could, re- we could, you know, f- play the replay. I think that you would want to be that number two would want to be true, but it's not true. Number two is uh, my so lie. So the Mickey one. Okay. Uh-huh. What's the Mickey lie? Mouse is the lie? Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. Okay. No, the lie is I've never seen Passion of the Christ. Wow. What? You got me. I've never seen it. Not one time. I thought you said you saw it once, but you hadn't seen Schindler's List. I miss, ne- misheard never it. Never seen it one time. All right. Okay, Jesse, you're up. All right. This is in a category I call the winging it category. Yes. These Jesse brought categories to the table. I love it. I love These it. are all things I've winged. Chicken. I agreed to perform a magic show on, at two different events, despite only knowing like two card tricks. I performed a stand-up comedy routine on a cruise ship with zero preparation or critically any jokes. Or three, I performed a dangerous bicycle stunt for a TV commercial with no practice or, or re- any real safety gear. One of those is a lie. I think they're all true. They all sound true to me. All of these <laughs> scream Jesse well, Carey. That's the, the art of the know, game. I know the answer, but... Oh, we've talked about cruise ships before. What have you said? Have you been on one? <laughs> Derek, what's yours? I'm going to pick A. 
Okay. The magic show. Magic show. I'm going to go with uh, A2 just, because I think he's been on a cruise ship and I could 100% see him being like, I'll do the bicycle stunt. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the lie? The lie is the bicycle stunt. I'm not yep. going to, I'm not yep. going to, listen, my body's a temple. I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> right. my, dignity, <laughs> on the, my dignity, on the other hand, is been, you know, I don't care what happens. That's to that, good. Clearly. Yep. So, so I've winged two magic shows and a stand up comedy routine. All three were disastrous and people hated it. But yeah, he got booed know. off the stage of the cruise ship. Yeah, uh, I, I had to write a, I had to write a letter, <laughs> a letter of apology. <laughs> he had to write a letter of apology <laughs> to the captain. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to address directly to the captain, which was <laughs> that's great. All right, round one. It's just Jesse with one point. That's it. Round one. All right, here we go. Round two. Jamie, you're up. Round two. Number one. I never go barefoot. Number two, I was in a movie with Kevin Costner in high school. And number three, I was a cheerleader in high school. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go barefoot because you seem like I need you slides know, on. You could be yeah. cast in, yeah. in, a, in a costume movie and who likes, you know, uh I mean, yeah, barefoot just fine. You think barefoot's the lie? Yeah. Okay, 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 gotcha. Okay. And Derek, what do you think? I believe you are a uh, uh, a barefoot. You do barefoot. See, I think she's barefoot. a germaphobe and won't want her dirty feet to Ooh, touch the floor. What do you think is a lie, Cameron? Oh, you're not playing, but I think Costner. Yeah, I think Costner is the lie. But okay, um, go I hate being barefoot. I hate being barefoot. I'm always have shoes. I travel with slippers. I do not go barefoot. I was an extra in the movie Ten Cup when I was a junior in high school. It's no so, way. <laughs> Are yes. you visible in the film? <laughs> no, because it was on the golf scene, obviously, and I got to go do that. And I was not a cheerleader in high school. So there's that. Oh, uh, we all got it wrong. Goodness gracious. Okay, hey. Derek, you're up. All right. Um, let's see. I wrote my first song at 12 years old. My first live performance was stand-up comedy. And I went to school for music production. I'm going to say you wrote your first song when you were like nine. And that's Ooh. the lie. That's good. Okay, Jamie. Okay. Cool. I'm going to go with the stand-up comedy thing. I, 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 I don't know if that's or uh, I think that might be the lie. Uh, I didn't go to school for music production. I went to school oh. for music business. Oh. That threw me off. Because I knew you, you got, went to school man, for music. We are not doing very well. All right, Jesse, you're up. Round two. This will be the last one. All right. Uh, this is in, it was either going to be uh, running with the law category or celebrity category. Do you guys have a preference? <laughs> I'm going. I think next time one. we play this game, Jesse yeah. should give us all categories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm only going running with the law. Let's go. <laughs> yep. I've had run-ins with the law for the following. Only one is a lie. One is cat related crimes. <laughs> Two is being uh, being forced to pretend I was a member of the 90s British band Oasis. Wait, you're running in with the law because you pretended? The law made you do that? Somebody made you? It was, it was well, maybe it's a lie. It's, was so I so you're in to... trouble and the cop said, if you can do a Liam Gallagher impression, I'll let you go. Yeah, not exactly, but close enough. Okay, um, it was complicated. It. I'll explain if it's okay. in fact true. Okay. But the other one is tax issues. Do am I? Do I got tax issues? It's one of those three. <laughs> All right. What's the lie? The lie is tax issues. My taxes are great. They're in fine standing. Um, so bring no, on. No, I all didn't those. ask you. They have to guess. 
Oh shoot! That actually is what I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say tax. I legit was gonna say taxes. I legit was gonna say tax too. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give them both a point. All right. So oh, yeah. tell us about this Liam Gallagher thing, the Oasis thing. I was trespassing in high school, and uh, the police showed up. It was at this really cool rope swing at a lake, you know, but it was on private property, and I was with a bunch of people, and the police showed up. And most of the people ran, but I, I was gathering my things and was apprehended and I didn't have my wallet or ID on me. And my friend who happened to be a big Oasis fan at the time, he literally had an Oasis tattoo. When he asked for our names, he panicked as well and said that we are brothers. I am Liam and this is my brother, Noel Gallagher. And, uh, you know, we, we just, we, we told, we made up the whole story to the cops and, they saw through it and we got off with a warning, but uh, just a little pro tip. <laughs> Derek is like, <laughs> Derek is like, this is the white, the most white privileged story I've ever heard in my life. First because, of all, I'm like, I never heard Oasis. So it's like, it's just, that's you're even not funnier. missing much. Yeah. Right. So but it's hilarious that I'm just laughing at my man saying, hey, where's Liam and Noah Gallagher? When it was either like, sell out my buddy. It was either sell out my buddy right there or tell the cop the truth. And it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm in this lie at this point because what am I supposed to do? And we ended up getting off. See, so, the worst I, I, in the world. I do mom lessons with my kids. I'm like, never run from the cops. Never run from the cops. Maybe I can have them. They need to come up with some kind of, you know, yeah. clever thing this. to say. I have run uh, before for other trespassing related crimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we got, well, this is a, a controversial worship leader. And I one time ran from the cops. Uh, Ooh, tell um, us more. And, and, Sean Foyt. And, yep. Yeah. We one time. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I can't speak to his uh, current leanings, but uh, I did know him when I was a teenager and, he look, I mean, show. he looked like he used to run from the cops. Just, it's just something about him. Just like, like look like. I've been, I've, I've been on numerous police chases with that man. Yeah, uh, I, could, like I, I believe we it. This I is a tell-all. Oh yeah, man! All right, another, well, show. another two rounds, and it's tied one, one, one. So I think we got to keep this rolling next week. We'll, we'll finally crown a winner. It was tied last week too. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank John Bevere for joining us. You can pre-order Awe of God now and you should. Go check out his other writings too. He's great. Um, Hey, if you're still listening to the show and you like it, tell people. Post it on your social. uh, Leave a review on wherever you listen. Rate it. Rate it. It helps the algorithm and we love the feedback. We actually keep an eye on it. Uh, So if you like the show, tell us. And if you don't like it, just keep it to yourself. Appreciate it. Um, uh, also, I got to I gotta remind you, go check out relevantmagazine.com every day. You can see our digital magazine. You can see all the, of our daily publishing and follow us on all the socials so you don't miss a thing. There's a lot going on. Stay connected. Okay. And then we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com 
I know the lake of fire awaits. Relevant Podcast Network. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.